Hello, everyone, and welcome to VR Verdict, episode 85, our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR. I am PJ. And I am Wookie. I'm and back. I would like to share VR with you. <laughs> He's back. It's been such a crazy week, and time so weird as it is. I don't. I can't even remember the last time you were on or not on, to be honest. And I'm not know, saying that in a bad way, but... It feels weird because, like... Power went out once, and I was sick once, <laughs> and this had a headache, and yeah, it it both feels like I haven't missed one, and it feels like I've missed ten at the same time. And I don't know how to process that weird feeling. Yeah, and I went a little nuts in VR this week. So, and I'm only saying this so, you, so anyone listening can go check these things out. But I was a guest on the Let's Talk Oculus. Uh, podcast check out the when you're listening to this that one should probably be out too both audio or video you can see my lovely face <laughs> and then we had our roundtable discussion last night in vr with a bunch of devs talking about vr and all kinds of things which that's a really uh i think that's a start of something new and special they seem to be having fun we're having fun yeah i like that we encourage anyone whether you're a dev or a gamer, we'd like to, it's all just about talking about what works, what doesn't, what people like, what they want. It's a good gateway for, for gamers or app users to talk to the actual developers and give them honest feedback and help them learn quicker. But and maybe learn why some things are just harder to do. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe curb our own expectations because it's easy <clears throat> just to scream at games, you yeah. know, for Ubisoft or, or, uh, you know, Rockstar and be like, well, yeah, we could just easily do this. You guys have millions of hundreds of millions of dollars. But then, you know, when you, when you see a, a solo dev being like, I could do that, but I can't afford to do that and eat and give my baby some milk money, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you can join us actually in VR and be part of the conversation and yep. just have a good time with us. So that was last night. We just, obviously we're going to talk to Andre here about a rogue escape and then i'm i don't know what you call it if it's like SATA testing um adventure labs dr crumbs they retooled that they're back in testing before release so running through that so it's been a crazy week so my I, like i said time is just not a thing to me right now <laughs> yeah you exist outside of it but for this episode and the reason you're here <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Andre. Um, I'm not again. I'm not going to pronounce his name. I do it shortly after this, and I don't want to kill it again. So, but he's from Spare Parts Oasis Dev Team, kind of a one man show, anyway. But we're talking about his game Rogue Escape on Oculus Quest and Rift with Crossbuy, as well as Steam. It came out on June 10th. It's 1999. It's an escape room escape. It's your it's room scale, you're in this giant mech, and it's amazing. And you, there's no instructions, you have to figure out what each button and lever and everything else included does. And I really enjoyed my time in there. I can't wait to get back in there. It's pretty unique. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. 
I don't have a big enough spot right now ready for it. So how big does my room have to be for the room scale? Am I going to get bonked by my angled ceiling? Well, thankfully it's on Quest and you could go down in your living room and you only really need maybe, I would just say, I would guess maybe like six by six. That okay. I can could be or could not be wrong. Um, you don't have to like move around a lot. You just have to like mainly reach for things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you need to be like rolling around or like taking cover. <clears throat> it's just mostly for atmosphere. But yeah, it's really neat. That's cool. Can try it out without sidetracking too much in the intro. How are you so bad at pronouncing names? <laughs> it's like a running theme with you. It's like I told Andrea. I'm just you know a simple American person that <laughs> just does oh not. My. But one of our first recordings when we had a uh, regular guy, uh, Zed Poitier, come in and you know, like, I'm going to screw this up. I'm like, it's Poitier, just like Sydney Poitier. <laughs> I think it actually goes back to me not reading books. Yes. And I'm not, when I say that, people don't think I'm like a, an imbecile because the act of physically reading books puts me to sleep and I hate it because I love reading books. So I'm very much an audiobook person, but growing up, audiobooks weren't a thing. And I would read a couple, like I tried to read the Hobbit many times. I've got through it a few times when I was younger, but it was like torture. Like I, I could be sitting outside on a sunny day with a nice breeze on a park bench and I would pass right out after a couple pages. And then I have that, yeah. to, I have to reread half to the chapter to like, so I, I'm, I'm going to say it's, that's why maybe, but <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. But anyway, I back to this, no. no, I don't care. <laughs> I, I can make fun of myself. Um, yeah. Check out the game. We have a really good chat. He's seems like a really good dude. He's fun to talk to. Very yeah, interesting, good. very intelligent. Um, what they, some of the, things they did with the game and you know working with social behavior and reacting to the game <laughs> so interesting to me so yeah give it a listen check it out check the game out feedback's since great it, since it doesn't i should have brought this up in the podcast or so since it doesn't teach you what what to do really in the game you figure out i wonder if like the game has like a camera <laughs> like recording, you know, the whole thing and sending it back to the devs so they could laugh because I'm sure some people are just raging out. <laughs> um, you know, if they're not patient enough to like say, you know, oh, that's what this button does. They just flip a table and log off. Yeah, I'm sure you could get that from Facebook, but the devs don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Let him know what you think of his game. Have fun. That's the main thing. Joining us this episode is Andre, and I'm going to swing and miss at your last name. You can correct me, Interguliami. Perfect. Um, come in, uh, your studio name, is it Spare Parts Oasis? Do yeah. I have that? Okay. I just yeah. want to make sure of that. So, Well, one man band anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> My favorite kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So we're here to chat about um, your game rogue escape that's out on oculus quest drift and steam yeah um 
came out in June. And how is that going for you? Uh, awesome. Super, super happy. Uh, it was published by Armor Games Studios, and um, we are all super thrilled. It was developed um, with a bunch of friends, uh, Silver Labs, uh, which is a studio uh, also from Italy, where I'm from. Um, it's, um, it's old friends that I used to work with a long, long while ago when I started in this industry. And it was nice. fun to, yeah, it was by, by coincidence that we, we found uh, each other back um, in, the, in the VR um, space. All of us, uh, it's three of them and just me on my own, usually working as a solo dev. And we were all uh, invested into VR projects one way or another. So when we got back in touch, it was uh, perfect timing. Uh, and Armor Games kind of wrapped, wrapped us all together for this gig. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. It's, it's got to be neat to you know, make friends and have friends and then kind of reconnect in, in the same field that you guys all, I'm assuming, love. So. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a a long trip. I mean, we we used to work together back in the 2000 kind of thing. Uh, I was barely 19, and we were doing game <laughs> Game Boy Color games. Oh wow! <laughs> so awesome. imagine that um, years and years go by, and then we are on a mobile VR thing <laughs> on our face. I mean, it's it's really incredible yeah and that um i was gonna get to that but that kind of helps make sense because you you released um a rogue escape in a, under the title not a crawl for pc in yeah. 2019 right yeah and then you brought it to vr which i love we'll get to that but you're also next or this month actually you're you're porting it to mobile is that right? Um, yeah, it's wow. coming out. It's coming out in a few days, actually. Um, I'm a bad developer. I can't remember if it's uh, <laughs> next Friday. I, it's all a blur right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's coming out very, very soon. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, the project is pretty much um, it started as a crazy PC game um, where uh, just from desktop uh, i tried to make it as immersive as i could and then we kept like everybody kept saying this game would be would be awesome in vr it would be amazing to actually be in that thing for real and um we all knew that it was gonna be cool if it ever happened but we didn't know whether it was gonna happen and then at some point uh, armor games made this possible and um yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was crazy fun to work on this thing because um, I spent what close to two years, if not more, uh, working on this as a PC game. And um, so, on the PC version of this game, it's not a port. So the VR game is not a port right. per se. It's completely redone from scratch. So I spent two years working on the PC version of this thing, imagining this cockpit. <laughs> For those that aren't familiar with the game, you are stuck inside this massive um, mecha, this big uh, house-sized machine. And the premise is that you are stealing it uh, to get away from some bad guys. And it's all a big mystery. You don't know what's going on. You don't know 
how to control this machine. Um, so uh, basically, I've been imaging it, the machine myself, like while I was doing it, because on desktop, you don't really see all of it. It's yeah. all smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah. Um, and then at some point, um, we started with a proof of concept. So we had to pretty much put the models there. There wasn't even textures, but I clearly remember working on the VR uh, project when one day I get the, the models from the Silver Labs guys that were doing the 3D um, side of things. I was just programming. So all the art and all the VR interaction is actually from them. And I was nice. just working on the um, on the gameplay side of things. And uh, I remember this clearly. One day I just put on the headset and here it is. I'm, I'm inside that <laughs> thing for real. After working on it for such a long time, imagining how it was, uh, I was actually there. And the same reaction was from the rest of the Armor Games team. Uh, everybody was like, whoa, this is weird. Like, we are really in there. And I guess that's, that's VR for us. Um, yeah. How how close is the final product to what was kind of in your head as like, you know, just kind of what you thought it might be? It's um so given that I I started as a solo dev and this time it was four of us plus a publisher, uh plus Oculus um also um checking on us and all of this. So it was quite a lot of people this time. And um it's definitely different. Um, it's it's not my nautical cockpit anymore, but it's a shared vision. And yeah, it's it's one hundred percent as I hoped it would be. Um, and it's not. I mean, that's the magic of of this process. It's not how I imagined it would be. I that's how I how I blueprinted. It it really works like. Um, building a real thing right so I, I blueprinted the thing and i gave it to the modeler and i was like that's pretty much what it looks like on paper on a schematic and then he started putting metal and rivets and you know soldering cables and stuff so it's really like building a an actual thing and this time is actually on one-on-one -on -one scale so i guess it's really as close as it gets to building the thing <laughs> Yeah, and even and, language and communication wise, it gets really funny because you start talking and and moving and touching pieces of of this machine, and you start talking about it as if it's real. We used to refer it as the land cockpit and the sky cockpit. Um, it will sound nonsensical to people that haven't played the game, but um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Fun. I, for anyone listening, this the the game it's it's room scale and you actually you do feel like the atmosphere is great like you really feel like you're in this machine you can walk around in it um and also i will have to talk about there is zero and well there's almost zero instruction on how to work this machine you have to figure out just by pressing and pulling and it's pretty incredible i've got i played it for like an hour and a half two hours i got through a couple gates um was figuring things out <laughs> yeah but how do you yeah how do you like your initial design for pc like how did you come up with the concept and just kind of like 
figure out how to make things work, you almost seem like you'd reverse engineer it to to get it yeah. to where the player comes in. Yeah, um, yeah, the concept was easy. I just wanted to mesh a whole bunch of games that I grew up with, that I loved, uh, from X-Wing, you know, the simulator. Mm -hmm. uh, I played the heck out of that game when I was a kid and um roguelikes like old text-based roguelikes now when i start describing this game and i put all of this one next to the other that's when people that haven't played the game start going like what <laughs> um so yeah you you the idea was like i want to make this this machine this cockpit and i want to make it so that you are piloting um through a radar, what is basically an old school roguelike, yeah. so literally like text-based from the top. And I tried as best as I could to mesh these things together. Um, uh, a few people saw it, Armor Games um, decided to invest in this crazy thing. And um, after that, so that's the, the initial vision. And after that, it was all iterations. So when you say reverse engineer, is actually very, very correct because it wasn't, it wasn't what we are playing today. It was a whole mess of experimental controls. Um, some worked, some we had to scrap. And so we kept iterating until, I can't say until it, it made perfect sense because it's one of those games that just clicks and works for some people, some other just um, have fun in the process learning it, some others might struggle and some others just hate it because <laughs> they just find themselves lost, they want a bloody tutorial for the thing and by the yeah. time they realize there's none, they go completely nuts. <laughs> um, but fortunately, you know, fortunately we've encountered quite a few um, other people that enjoy this kind of experience. So, I, it, yeah, you were saying. I just was, I love it. Like, I love not knowing what's going on or like having zero instruction and just having to figure it out. It, it definitely gets frustrating, but I, I think that's part of it that mm -hmm. is just yeah. makes it enjoyable because then you figure it out and then you, you really feel like you're intelligent when you figure something like that out. <laughs> and, and this game makes you really feel, feel yeah. really smart. Um, that, that was the whole point, the, the, giving you those moments of, aha, uh -huh, like almost like when you see in a movie, the guy, the hero jumping into an helicopter and magically he's learning it in five minutes, taking off from the baddies and flying to salvation. I wanted exactly that kind of feeling, but I knew I couldn't have recreated it in a matter of minutes. So yeah. the next thing I had to do was make this fun or at least uh, appealing to those kind of people that um, uh, like you, like me, um, that uh, enjoy being lost uh, in a situation like that. So uh, that's where the roguelike element comes in a lot. Um, you figure things out and you die and it's totally okay because the story makes it so that uh, it's a bunch of you. It's not just you. Uh, it's a bunch of um, workers, slaves. The, the 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 story kind of pieces the, the 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 whole mystery together towards the end. But 
It's a bunch of different people trying to solve the same mystery, dying and trying to advance um, for the collective, um, yeah. this sort of uh, escape plan. Uh, and, right. um, and that's how I try to make sense of this whole experience. You, you die, but it's okay. That's, I didn't even know that. And that makes it even like cooler now. I, apparently I did pretty well because I haven't died yet. <laughs> So in VR, we had to um, we had to restructure completely this die and repeat um, roguelike element because on PC you restart uh, from the very any roguelike, and as you progress, you unlock elements that help you jump forward in leaps that make sort yes. of the progression very tangible. Um, on India, we couldn't afford to restart from scratch. Even if, if we gave you power-ups and ways to leap forward, uh, restarting something in India, dying in India feels very, very frustrating. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not like on PC where some people, I don't smoke, but some people might be just, you know, smoking a cigarette, enjoying their time off and just die, repeat, okay, click check Facebook meanwhile, then go back to the game. In VR, you are really in there. You are committing to that spare time that you have. Uh, you're pouring it into that game. So wasting any second um, becomes really frustrating. Um, so this time around, when, when you enter this, this place, there's going to be way more helpers. There's a tablet uh, that somebody put there for you and yeah. it's going to start giving you hints. You can disregard it or you can check it. Uh, some people didn't even figure it out. <laughs> some people <laughs> didn't notice it. All sort of things can go wrong. Um, but it's kind of a trade-off. Like Either you go full in into a game like this yeah. or if I put just a single pop-up that tries and hold your hand, I break the immersion. Yep. Uh, or at least that's my vision of this project. So nothing will ever break the immersion. Uh, no that's tutorials, amazing. yeah, no hand holding, just information scattered around and me just trying the best that I can to grab players at the very last second before they completely lose hope <laughs> to give them hints through the monitors, through the controls, through yeah. lights and beeps. That's all I have at disposal in that thing. So I use every possible trick, but it's not easy. And some people will inevitably just get frustrated and send me to hell with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing you could add in this is not I'm not serious, but having a wrench laying on the floor that you can just bang on crap when you're frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually, or a punji ball or something. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... I, when I first learned of this game, I was blown away because, um, not to bring up another game, but I, when I, one of my first VR experiences was I Expect You to Die. Mm -hmm. And there's a level in there where you're in a sub underwater and you're... It's kind of halfway through the game, so you're kind of comfortable with it, but like, if you don't figure these things out, you're going to drown. And... Mm -hmm. I love that. I love underwater stuff anyway, but like that level, I was like, I could play a whole game like that. And then here comes Rogue Escape. I'm like, that's kind of that, what that is. I'm like, awesome. Only <laughs> it's way more challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially initially, that was the other problem with this game. And again, it's a two-side um, kind of situation. It's a problem, but it's also the fun part of this game. So, um, and it's when you initially um, start the game, that's the probably the most difficult moment. Um, so usually a game starts easy and ramps up, but uh, if you really want to take immerse someone into that situation into stealing a machine you don't know and you you feel like desperate to do so uh, then there's not really much you can do uh, it, it has to start with you completely blind and it has to be the most um, dramatic and frustrating <laughs> moment then um, again for those people that don't know the game um, it gets smoother, but um, the game, it's not like there's no game anymore. It just um, changes. It transmutates uh, yeah. from escape room, figuring your controls to actually pilot. You really learn to pilot the thing. And once you're piloting it, the game doesn't end. That's when you start taking it around. And that's when you see the big radar. Uh, a top-down map, and it becomes more of a dungeon crawler. That's when that side of the experience opens up. And then after a while, um, just because the game cannot simply switch from genre A to genre B, the game again uh, puts you inside another cockpit, and again, you have to learn new controls and so on and so forth. Yeah, like you said, the the machine is like a a building, almost a multi-story building. I didn't know that yeah. either, so I I was getting. It seemed like I was. I'm like, because again, I'm going in blind, and I love it. I don't know how long the game is. I don't know what to expect. It started to feel like okay, I'm. I think I've pushed every button in here. How is this going to work? And all of a sudden, the I go up to the next level, and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, one of the expedients that, that we used, that we adopted to uh, avoid people thinking, okay, that's it. I was having fun now because I like, for example, um, the room or escape uh, games in general. So the fun for me is over because now it's a top-down dungeon crawler. I mean, yeah, okay, but maybe the, this is not really... I, I want more of buttons and stuff. So the, the solution there was to have more panels, more buttons that you can fiddle with, but they don't work yet. So on your right, for example, there is a button that you can push and it opens up barely a panel, but then mm. the panel retracts again. So it kind of hints at the fact that there's more. And yeah. so the idea is, well, the hope at least is that people will chew through the dungeon crawling side of things, knowing that they are about to experience again, more escape uh, room kind of mechanics. And hopefully, hopefully soon enough, you change uh, floor entirely and another thing completely comes in and you have to relearn a new a new cockpit that's pretty much the flow of the game and it's a very unusual floor so um flow so some people are completely disoriented by it some people are taken by surprise and love it and some people don't even give us a chance and just yeah. quit it before i mean that's that's to be expected that's really intelligent design though because 
I hit that button. I don't know how many hundreds of times. And then when, I, like I said, when the floor goes up and I went up, I'm like, Hey, I wasn't done down there yet. I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe that's, maybe I go back. <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. You, you, you have to feel like you're not done experimenting with all the devices. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's again, it, it was really a lot of fun to, to make this game. Of course, the fun part, as with anything game development, is usually the, the beginning and then, you know, development is a lot of work, but then you get to testing and that's when things get really, not bad, but interesting, borderline fr frustrating. <laughs> so we had a bit less um, with this iteration, with the VR iteration of the game, because we knew what we were dealing with um, on PC. I can tell you a few fun stories. Um, initially, the game, for example, it was um, it wasn't it wasn't as uh, I would say slow, but it's not really about being slow. It's um, you can take your time. Nothing is putting pressure on you. Um, the game eventually also kind of tries and explains to you that it's pretty much turn based. It's a world that doesn't move until you move. If you don't make any sound, nobody notices you. <laughs> um, initially, it wasn't like that. So my request for the player was that as soon as they start moving, a few turrets um, will start noticing you and you are under fire. You are under fire, but you're still learning the machine. So this, everything is blinking, this gouges piping out smoke and the enemy is kicking your butt and you're still trying to understand what that red light is and it's banging on your ears and so we come out of the first testing <laughs> with i don't remember how many people tested it quite a lot and uh like two two dudes managed to get through and they were like this is awesome and we were like no it's not <laughs> like it's only you and another guy that managed and this is not great <laughs> um yeah they were all dying like flies so at that point i went back uh, to the drawing board and i thought wait a second my original inspiration for this part of the game so when you start moving is uh dungeon crawlers so why is everything real time? It doesn't make any sense. Um, or at least um, I thought it did make some sense, but actually I do have a good excuse to make it uh, so that people can take their time. So I start making this world where everything reacts to your motion rather than being active um, immediately. And it made sense and it made it way more creepy because... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you're just standing still thinking about what you want to do next and you hear the monsters outside going like <laughs> and you're like, oh, shoot. Um, yeah, and not, then, yeah. I'm not sure what kind of, I don't want to say gave it away, but I, I kind of picked up on that. Like, it, I'm like, it, not that it's like complete, like actual turn-based, but I'm like, if I'm not moving or making sounds, it, it seem, I seem to be okay. And then the, yeah. the, the eeriness really did kick in because I'm like, do I want to hit that button that I don't know what it does yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the the atmosphere in there. It's kind of tense, and you can hear voices and stuff outside, so it's it's fun. 
some creepy fun. Wookie, uh, as a as a gamer, have you played games without instructions that have been like difficult? And do you enjoy that, or do you not want to put time into it? Just kind of. It depends on the feel for the game. If it if if you jump in and it feels like you know somebody's just thrown something together, it's and you don't know what's going on. It's hard to give it a chance. But then like. Uh, that township tale, <laughs> the character creator and that one, like they don't tell you anything. There's these knobs and switches and it was fun to figure out. So I kind of like to experience stuff and, and not be told. I like to figure it out, but I have to have a good vehicle to figure it out. And it sounds like this game's got that. So I hope everyone gives it a chance. Hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. <clears throat> I think it, I think you guys have a really good pacing. If, if someone's really trying to figure it out, I think, at least for me, like it was just enough. Like, okay, I, I I've been working on whatever for five, ten minutes now. I I want to fig. I want to get to the next step, and then it's like click. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. So I think you have yeah. a pacing. Yeah, I'm using a lot of tricks, and again, it was about iteration, studying how people are playing the game. For example, there is a counter um, as you as you enter the cockpit for the first time. And you start touching all the controls, which is what people usually do. Uh, a counter kicks in. It's kind of funny to reveal the. I hope I'm not spoiling too much for people. But um, as you touch the controls, if you touch them a few too many times, um, a tablet will blink, and um, you pick up the tablet and you discover that somebody left some breadcrumbs notes for you to follow. And that should hopefully uh, bring bring your hopes back up uh, because uh, we have two scenarios. Some people start touching the controls and they immediately click with them, and in no time they turned on the machine. When that happens, they can still get stuck along the game. So we have a few other uh, sort of hidden mechanisms that try and hold. Uh, grab the player at the last second because it's all a it's all a play where I try and, and have you have fun and then try and grab your hand at the very last second so that I'm not ruining your fun as soon as I understand that you're getting pissed off at the game. Nice. Understanding that is very hard because we all tend to get upset about something in a different way at different moments so literally boils down to having a lot of people playing the game and study uh, who gets pissed off when <laughs> and yeah you cannot possibly I'm cover breaking point yeah you cannot possibly cover 100 percent of no. human reactions so some people will inevitably just get upset and the game will fail at holding their hands and grabbing them but hopefully uh we grab enough people by the last second and and again and then there's there's some geniuses that just figure it out in no time usually they are almost the party poopers here because <laughs> they they sort of ruin the fun right like yep. the game doesn't have any chance of opposing a challenge and those are usually Whenever I get a negative review because the game felt too easy to them, those are the ones that hurt the most. Because these people don't have, of course they don't, they can't possibly have any idea of how much I have to sort of tune the game down so that 
a lot of people can enjoy it rather than just a minority of uh, die hard. Uh, um, I know sci-fi controls kind of fans can enjoy it. Um, so I have to sort of trace a average line for as many people as I can. Um, but uh, was I able to have an army of developers with me? Uh, those folks that found it too easy probably would have got a hard mode. Um, but it was just too much work. Uh, we couldn't fit it in. Yeah, I was just going to ask if that was an option or not. But it always surprises me. And I don't maybe you as a developer would be interesting to hear your take. Did you ever plan on being like studying human behavior and all that stuff when you're like, hey, I want to make games? <laughs> no, not at all. I didn't plan for anything that happened around this game. My producer uh, didn't either. Anybody at Armour didn't either. Like this game took all of us by surprise in many ways um, because it's, exper it's experimental. There's nothing like it or quite like it. This, if you split it in all its parts, you can surely find plenty of games that are similar. But when you bring it all back together, it's, uh, it's hard to follow what other people have done because there's really not much like it out there. So it was all about, yeah, looking at other people breaking this thing. And the other complex thing with this is you run out of fresh meat at some point, right? You run out of friends. You run out of people that have tried. My girlfriend hates it. So, <laughs> so what happens now? You, you, you can only follow your guts. And yeah. most likely your guts will fail with certain other kind of players. So what you do is just you go out there and you test and iterate and hope for good testers that can leave meaningful comments. Because usually the first thing that comes up is a wall of frustration. So a lot of, I, I quit it, rage quit, rage quit. And then a few of those just leave you some still negative comments. And so initially you're in to reject it. But if you take it slowly, you allow yourself to stack it in, then you start actually finding good hints. Um, between those comments at how to adjust the game. Yeah. Um, if we could just get those types of reviews, you know, to to tell you what, you know, a little more specifically to help you out more, it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you want to get like, uh, this is pre-actual Psychonauts 2 just came out. Like you, you should have that kind of superpower. Just get into the player's head um and figure things out for your game from there but unfortunately we can't we have to and when we can't ask for players to really be a game designer of course so yeah. they tell you things their own way <laughs> it's all a um yeah it's 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 a fascinating part of the job that i didn't think i was gonna <laughs> have to deal with Yeah, and the game, so on the Oculus platform, I believe you support cross-buy, I believe, correct? Um, it, on the Oculus platform, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're going for the Quest, um, yeah. I'm just always curious, 
Did you start with the PC build in mind first and then went to Quest, or do you do it no, we, and go with Quest we, and then... We, uh, because as a, as a development kind of a process, it's easier to first check that you can be on the lower specs device. We tend to, at least that's what we did. Uh, we sticked with the Oculus throughout, with the Quest throughout development. And then for the PC build, we went back to the original high-res assets and tried as best as we could to put to good use the PC that usually people have for um, VR. Although, of course, uh, that's again, just like gameplay, a compromised job. So I know some people asked us to have more, just more effects, just more of, more of everything, more polygons, just because their machines are powerful. And I understand how, especially back in the days, or start, when we all started, Putting rigs together for VR, we were all having like massive computers to handle this <laughs> stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the the, the truth is, um, business-wise, it's more safe to make these kind of games so that they can run on as many computers as possible. Um, so, and with the Quest being the mix now, uh, we of course we are seeing a lot of games that kind of tune it down a bit. Um, yeah. And some people complained about that. It's fair. I understand we're not utilizing the computer to the fullest. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of amazing that these games can run on a mobile chip yeah, uh, on your head, untethered. So, it's, it's for just between the first quest and the second quest, and not just the hardware, but some of you know game design and everything. Some of the games that are that have been coming out, like they just look incredible when you think yeah. about this is playing on a phone, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a phone rendering twice. Yeah. It has to render on two screens. It's and a lot of work for that poor thing. Even games that like Red Matter, for example, came out on PC well before Quest was even a thing. And it looks great, plays great. It is damn close to the same game on the quest and it's just like how the hell <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> that's how <laughs> it's um it's a lot of work that's um yeah it's a lot of work in baking down the assets making sure that only what needs to move is gonna move on screen uh in our case uh again these guys that have been working with me uh Silphi labs uh they were responsible for uh, the shaders and they tried as best as they could to squeeze everything out of the quest. So all the lighting, all the shadows, it's all um, handled with um, pre-baked uh, tricks that they had to sort of improvise. Uh, it's not really something that we can get um, out of the shelf. Um, not Unity or Unreal, all these engines still don't give us um, really... They, they, of course, they're an, an amazing base to develop on, but they're not quite there in terms of handling uh, realistic assets on, on a mobile chip. Uh, yeah. Because the other thing is, usually when you use these engines on a phone, the resolution is much smaller too so everything just works in your favor vr is really tricky from this point of view because everything is scaled up real life 
Yeah. So these assets are big and <laughs> you can get <laughs> as close as you want. Everything is a big headache. And that's really how um, most of the initial part of the project went, went by uh, with us sitting together, figuring out, okay, this is the PC version and how do we completely rework it so that it made sense in VR. I was, of course, mostly thinking about the game design side of things, but on the graphical side of things, it was one headache after the other, uh, <laughs> making sure that it can fit in there, making sure that it makes sense and it still looks pretty, which is another challenge with VR. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to look at this thing, whether you're going to be up close or far back. Yeah. Making something pretty is way more, more complicated than on PC where I know where the camera is. You are the camera in yeah. a VR game. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you're going to look at this thing. <laughs> it's got to look pretty from any angle. It's very yeah. hard. <laughs> I just like to bring up the, the cross-buy because I personally, I appreciate it because you know, the way VR is right now, there's PC VR and then there's the mobile aspect. And obviously the Quest 2 and the Quest before it selling really well, really pushing VR. But I, if I have a choice, I love PC VR. I mm -hmm. like the, <clears throat> just everything's easier for me. Um, you know, and, and games look better, they play better. Um, but I also love the quest for what it is and having the mobility. So like having a game that just goes between both, I love because whether I want to play outside or take it to a friend's house, show it off and help, you know, sell VR to other people is a big thing too. Yeah, so. I hope, yeah, I hope people will keep appreciating other developers uh, trying their best, um, especially in the indie sphere. It's not like, yeah. We have, of course, more limited resources than LucasArts doing <laughs> Vader Immortal. Um, so yeah, it is it is an act of passion trying to support as many devices as we can so that people can enjoy our game, regardless of whether they want to buy into a Oculus with all, also with all that he uh, brings uh, yeah. <laughs> with all the <laughs> Facebook intricacies. So some people just decide to not uh, want to deal with that and I fully respect that and as a developer it costs a lot to yeah. try and bring in all these other people and right now we're in a situation where not only it costs um, time and resources to support PCBR, uh, we as developers um, are actually having quite a good time on the quest in terms of infrastructure. Everything is so easy for us on the quest. Uh, and it's so focused, you know, the store is there, it's curated. So it makes a lot of sense for us to be on the quest. And it's fantastic when people, rather than saying, you know, it could have looked a bit better on PC, they appreciate that we are trying our best to be uh, on both platforms because the future, of course, is a risk in those kind of cases because small developers might as well just go like, Sorry, I'll just be on the quest, and yeah. all of a sudden you are left just with games on the quest. And yeah, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, fortunately, yeah. it's not. It's, we're not quite there yet, and I'm sure things will keep progressing on the PCVR side of things too. So uh, it's not likely to become a monopoly, but 
you know, the quest works really well. Like bottom line, the quest works incredibly well, even for us developers. It's a great machine. Um, it's a great piece of, of it. So let's, let's hope that we can keep moving this technology forward in a way that is really, truly democratic, just like with gaming in general. Let's hope it doesn't become even more niche that it, that it needs to be. Yeah, and just for Rogue Escape, um, I fired up on the Quest 2 first. I actually haven't played the PC version yet, but it looks great. Like, i totally immersed, totally blown away. So, <laughs> Thank you. I, were you going to say something? Okay, yeah, sorry. Cut you off. I was just going to go back to like having the Quest and, and the uh, other versions like on Steam and stuff. And having the cross by because the game like warplanes you know the world war one airplane fighting game like pj link's like hey you can make your own levels but you got to have the steam version to do that but the steam version steam. you can upload it to the game's i guess servers and everyone and, and on the quest i keep seeing you know custom levels it's mm -hmm. like i would love to do that but does everybody have the ability to keep purchasing the games twice if if you do that because you know oh, i want to go make a level but do i buy the steam copy as well there's That's the itch.io and yeah it's like ah oh, cross buy would be so great but i understand that's probably hard to make yeah. standard yeah it's a miracle that at least oculus owns both uh a pc platform and a mobile platform um yeah. seeing steam cross buy would be fantastic but yeah when it comes to these kind of colossuses just dealing with money i i lose track <laughs> i have no idea whether it would make any sense for them to be honest it would be great yeah. for sure, especially for those kind of scenarios like crafting games and um, content creation kind of games. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you could totally play the game on the quest because you want to play in your living room and it's easier. And then crafting, then you go back to your studio when you have your other headset connected to right. the PC. Yeah, yeah. Keyboard and mouse, more more inputs. Yeah. I will say yeah. it's such a young technology. It's yep. so young. That's the other thing I realized working with it. I realized two things, both um, leading to the same conclusion, which is what I just said. It's so young. It got to an amazing place, but it's still like a, a green field of possibilities. These two things are first green field again, like the moment I started thinking about games on this thing, everything came to mind. Literally everything. I have so many ideas that I would like to eventually do on VR. Um, I hope I will eventually get to them. Um, I'm taking a small pause for, for now because it's been quite draining uh, to be in that thing 24-7 for a, for a year. Yeah. But uh, I would love to get back on it and I have a lot of ideas. Um, and so, yeah, full of possibilities for developers. And the other thing is, it's so young and it will change so much, even though it will, it will basically stay true to, to the original idea, which is immerse you somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe um, by the time these things keep shrinking down and they become glasses, it's going to change completely how we use them. And I'm not the kind of person that would love necessarily to go around with connected glasses. Actually, I would hate that. But um, coming back home and using this technology more in fun ways um, without excluding the rest of my family, I think that's going to be the turning point. I yeah. come back home 
and we are watching TV together um, and it's not a clumsy uh, sci-fi thing on my face that scares my daughter, but it's a pair of glasses. Um, and we use it to watch TV like we are at the movies, uh, which also brings back good memories of when, I don't know if you guys remember the 3D movies when you turn to the, the friends next to you and you laugh because they're wearing those blue and red glasses. <laughs> yeah. uh, only these are going to be likely in a few years time, just plain normal glasses. Uh, so no laughing. Um, <laughs> but like the glasses. option to tint them any color we want. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I'm sure by the time they do something like that, somebody's going to come up with the red and blue lenses just yeah. for, for the fun of it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a big turning point. I know everybody is aiming their Facebook, I believe said, um, they they are of course racing for it. Apple, I think, said something like that too. Although anything related to Apple is rumors at this point, but um, that's that's the race in place right now, and shouldn't be too long. Uh, but yeah, when we think about the creative potential today and the fact that it's just gonna keep growing, it's such an amazing space for developers. Yeah. Um... So you mentioned taking a break. Um, are you just talking from developing in general or VR specifically? I was just curious if you had any like plans for updates or DLC for Rogue Escape, or if you're kind of at a good point where you're like, you know, moving on to the next thing when you start up again. So right now, the only new plan for uh, this title uh, is Orange. going back. Uh, yeah, it's going back to the initial. <laughs> to the origins uh, and we moved the PC version to mobile and it's launching uh, this month. And um, uh, there's no other plans for now. Uh, although my brain keeps spinning around this concept, this idea and many other ideas, I keep seeing myself for now like in a giant robot fighting big kaijus and stuff like that. Oh um, and those are the kind of things that once you start spinning on those, it's very hard to put it down. But I want to take a break, uh, not from development. I, I, I hope it's, it's, it's a big privilege uh, for how things are shaping up uh, in our industry. It's a big privilege to keep making games. And I hope uh, I'm going to be still privileged <laughs> for another while. Um, but I will take a, a pause from VR while explore other other projects uh, on desktop first, and then meanwhile um, I'll keep fiddling with uh, my giant robot ideas, <laughs> and hopefully uh, I'll be able to uh, do something else. I would like I would like to to go back to it. Um, We'll see in which form, and we'll see what the heck will be out there by the time I I, I do that because. This stuff keeps evolving so fast, yeah. so uh, we'll see what will we'll be there. Yeah, it's funny that, you know, I'm sure most devs are the same, you know, just so many ideas and stuff. And Wookiee kind of is into development just a little bit, if not hobbyist. I don't know what you'd want to say, Wookiee, but we were just <laughs> just last night after we had a roundtable discussion in VR. We fired off like 20 ideas for games and one of them one thing is i just want to bring it up because it's kind of on topic i just want a game that's a co-op two-player or whatever where you're driving like one guy's driving the machine one guy's like the gunner and just you know 
blowing crap up and the you know two different where the driver's like doing his own thing it's like a racing game where you're like punching stuff breaking stuff and (laughs) i had exactly the same idea so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna reinforce on that idea so that somebody can hopefully pick it up and give us this game because i won't be able to do it in the immediate future at least but you know co-op game but you are the power rangers yeah and everybody's piloting a different limb of of this giant robot (laughs) and it's total may and total chaos because you are trying god i'd be one of the legs and you guys would never get to the goal (laughs) yeah you're trying to you are the one responsible for moving half of the thing forward but then the other friend is responsible for punching in the face the big kaiju uh that would be the final party game Uh, yes but uh party games are another big um Kind of tough project to take in because of multiplayer server interaction and then you have to sell to people that have friends and that's yeah. that's not always the case <laughs> you know i'm the yeah. only one in my circle of friends with a vr headset for example yep uh, <laughs> but there are th- there's ways around it you know uh, on room-based uh server distribution and stuff like that but um that's one game i would love to play i also thought about it yeah somebody has to do it yeah and that'd be a great like like you said you hanging out with your family and stuff that would be you know if you had four or five headsets and your whole family could play that one game like growing up in my childhood like our family would have got along a lot better i think if we we had that experience (laughs) i don't know (laughs) or it might have went the other way who knows but um yeah it was kind of a bastard in some (laughs) games so you know (laughs) Well, you can't punch anybody in the face or you break yeah. the game. So that's that's one thing, at least. <laughs> break my hand on it. <laughs> but, like you were saying with uh, so much potential yet, like asynchronous games are like a, still a thing like I really enjoy and I'd like to see more of for people that can't do VR for whatever reason. Um, and just like in the same room games like Resolution with um, Akron, where mm-hmm. one the VR players a tree and everyone is playing on mobile and they're the squirrels. Like it's just such fun stuff that you can include everyone in if you have one headset, you know, type of deal or whatever it is. It's just there's so many yeah. options, so many ways places to go yet. Yeah, one of the key moments I think, I like one of those epiphanies kind of moments that I had about VR as a medium was when I played um Oh gosh, uh, super hot. Hmm. Um, not super hot per se. The game is fantastic, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't about the shooting mechanic or anything like that. The the moment of realization of the potential of this thing for me was when I was in the main room where you take the missions. I don't know if you guys played yep. the game, but you are in this room where you take the missions. Um, and um, there is just around you, there is a bit of a mess, desk. And then there is on your left, a desk with a um, trash can. Is that how you call it? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, below the desk. And so what I did was like, what's inside the thing? So I, I went on my knees and I stick my head on top of the, of the, of the can to see what was inside. And that, at that point, 
I re and the room is so tiny, you know, so you don't really need that much space. I realized like, whoa, I'm looking inside this thing under a desk for real. <laughs> I did and, the same damn thing. <laughs> ah, great. <laughs> so imagine the possibilities inside that trash can. There could have been a whole freaking world. And in fact, this is another fun thing that kept coming out about a rogue escape. Um, we, so when you turn on the back, of course, there's still assets. There's still 3D stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, on PC, there's nothing. There's black void. Uh, but in VR, there's the continuation of the cockpit. And uh, the 3D artist, Paolo, uh, he kept adding detail. Um, th there is a door, like a big... Uh, chunky, metallic, sort of submarine kind of looking door. Um, and he kept adding details to that door. He really loved it. And then at some point, he added a red light on top of it and then another trap door next to it. And I was like, dude, if you don't stop adding details to it, people are going to think that they can just open it and they are going to want to go to whatever that leads. And, and the artist was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And we all realized at that point that there could have been a game in there. <laughs> so yeah. we started fantasizing <laughs> about the game in the game. You know, you unlock the <laughs> door at some yeah. point and it goes yeah. completely somewhere else. Like, this is VR. There could have been really another game in there. That's yeah. what you can do. Now, whether it makes sense commercially, whether you're just stinking rich and you can do that and pull it off, I don't know. But <laughs> VR allows for it. And so, again, as a creative media, it's just so cool. Yeah, that was some of the, the potential I was expecting back when I first got VR and there was the Oculus room and you could put a, like a console there and you'd plug the game and it launched the game and all kinds of cool things. But I always thought it'd be neat, like with your game, say I own Rogue Escape, maybe Rogue Escape 2 comes out down the road. I can choose to, you guys choose to like launch it in the, in the same cockpit mm. and then you go through that door and then you're into the sequel without, you yeah. know, anything like that would be so neat. <laughs> yeah, you can do all of that. Unfortunately, in game development, all of that translates, of course, <laughs> to business decisions and that's... Mm -hmm where it gets really tricky because you are hiding content and, you know, making a game is all about making it obvious that the content is there. So you're taking a risk uh, just because it's cool, but it is cool. <laughs> and I hope people are going to take those risks at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's just so neat when you find those things, though, like the Easter eggs and stuff, but like going to non-VR games, there's <clears throat> every update they put out with Grand Theft Auto, they either sneak in new audio lines or they've had them in there the whole time and they kind of drip out because every time I'm driving down the road and I hear a different phone conversation, it's like, how many voice actors did they hire for this game? And you've been playing it since, I don't know, whatever, 2012 or 2013. And I'm still hearing new crap. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, so like, that's, yeah. Yes. It's big nice. studios, big studios have the uh, mm -hmm. the the budget for that kind of stuff, and it's great when they commit uh, to keep supporting the. 
unfortunately the, the sad truth of things is you know this kind of stuff is the, 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 it's usually only coming from big triple a um studios yeah. because you know you need a lot of money to pull it off um but with tools becoming easier and easier um it fortunately we should see more of that in the in the gaming sphere as well because at the end of the day the problem is triple a studio might struggle to do something like a rogue escape because it's not quite mainstream so um for a studio like that like for a big studio to do something more edgy would be cool and then they would also have the budget to really make this like disneyland of you know mechas (laughs) so fingers crossed for these big studios to embrace vr more and more so we can enjoy some crazy stuff yeah like you mentioned was super hot and getting down (laughs) on your knees and looking in that trash can like that was another thing when i first got into vr and you know i love escape rooms but you know real life escape rooms it's a lot of locks and combinations and it's like it's neat but it's like i you know i'd rather do something different with it in vr like to my mind escape room like you would stick your head down in there and find like a note attached under the desk like you would really search out the entire the space instead of just kind of like a lot of games like something will be highlighted and it's like oh come on i i want to figure it out (laughs) like i don't yeah that's the thing with the medium itself it's um we are still approaching it as a classic video game so most of the experiences on on in vr are very linear yeah Um, yeah. vr allows you to do so much like when what can i play shooters like i am crawling on the floor literally in real life crawling around on the floor yeah yeah and i would like to do more of that right now games have kind of and i don't fault anyone for anything like i love having i'm all about all the options you can throw in into a game with like locomotion and all that but then they just started it seems like room scale has gone away a bit and just searching out that whole play space kind of thing has gone away a little bit which is kind it, of sad. it cuts yeah it cuts away some of your audience um with uh with the rogue escape we took a bit of a risk uh some mm-hmm. people complain the room scale was a bit too big although it, it kind of backfired because you don't really need that much space you just yeah. need to enlarge the area so that when you are swinging your hands around you don't see the barrier showing up yeah but then the controls are just around you and you don't really so by design i wanted this to feel like you're piloting almost a boat so not really you're not in a formula one car where everything is tight it's more like a boat so if you want to you know open up a gouge you have to look on your left and maybe make half a step or just you know reach for it that's the kind of feeling that I wanted to give, but mm-hmm. and overall, people really appreciated this. But yeah, some people told me like it's a bit too big for my apartment. Um, so I tried to explain to them, look, just enlarge the area and don't worry about it. I mean, don't <laughs> don't hold me accountant or, or or any of that. But <laughs> unless you have vases that you can smash around, hopefully yeah. you should be fine in terms of space. You're not gonna have to walk literally around the room yeah um, I'm, I'm always curious well maybe you can answer this because i think i've played some games that have done this is there a way or like with room scale do, is there a way you can actually scale like the game 
space to the actual size of someone's boundaries? Um, not as a user. Um, hmm. In the, of course, in while we are making the game, yes. Although it's a lot of headaches, even if we do it, um, because everything needs to be placed very carefully. But right. yeah, technically, we can do it easily. Uh, not, not as a user. I don't believe there's any any option on any of the headset that allow you to do that. Also, because it would be incredibly cool, I think. But at the same time, you would put us uh, developers in a lot of troubles because you could easily break the game. Sure. And we wouldn't have a way to know what happened. Like, hey, at some point, my head was through the roof. This game sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened there? Like, why was this guy so tall? <laughs> <laughs> it's... um. That's one of the downsides, or actually just the price to pay uh, with VR, you know, yeah. it's physical, it's literally there. So, for example, while we were designing Nautical, we were lucky enough that I'm average, I guess. Um, I got to do meters, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> so I'm 175, and um, there is another guy uh, working with us. He was really, really tall um 190 uh, plus and I, I yeah if you're all from the states these numbers won't make much sense <laughs> um and um then there was another guy that was shorter than me so we really had it all all sizes nice <laughs> i would have loved to make the game easier to enjoy uh sitting for accessibility which is something mm. i care for a lot but again unfortunately it comes down to uh, development time um yeah. but um at least we were able to test the game at all heights <laughs> and you have no idea like uh one of the the tall guys was like guys i cannot reach the the steering wheel because he was too tall <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome so if you could like with a tall person like tracking like if their head actually hit something on the ceiling and you could add a sound effect like a ding <laughs> yeah yeah actually the head is the only thing we can track so it would make yeah. a lot of sense we went for something smart instead and we we went for a, a adjustable platform nice. um and the whole intro of the game if you've noticed if you've played it is designed around this platform to make you understand that you can actually go up and down with one of the joysticks on your controller so you can adjust your height in the game because i um i really hate tutorials um so we even on that i didn't want to put a screen that said hey you can use your thumbsticks instead i created a whole section of the game to teach you that um and uh, you can keep doing that through the whole game you can keep adjusting your height um, some of the developers go for a fixed height, which in perspective is probably an easier choice. I should have gone for that. It's, there's not really much harm done in that. You, if you're two meters, you probably find yourself really being at average height. And if you are too short, finally, you're tall. Um, <laughs> but in general, I believe it has been proven that it doesn't, give you uneasiness. Hmm. Um, so it's an easy choice for us to fix the camera at a certain height. I took the, the hard path. Um, but, you know, 
There's options. Yeah, you learned. Uh, I bet you learned a couple things from it. So <laughs> you, you on your first VR game, you learned quite a few things. Yeah, <laughs> the hard way, as you're as you're making mistakes. Yeah, I, I. Well, it's true to game in general. It's true to any work in general. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, VR is is really its own thing. Yeah. Well, I. We could keep going. I'm really enjoying the chat, but with the technical issues, I also don't want to take over your whole day. Is there before we wrap up? Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about, or anything you wanted to cover or share? Don't know about the other guys if you they want to ask anything, but yeah, I think I pretty much touched <laughs> on all the fun things that I could have thought of. <laughs> okay, from. All the chatting about it. Do you are you thinking of trying it out, or do you like the sound of it? Or <laughs> I uh, I like to put them on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys were yeah. I, I hate to get in the middle of the back and forth when PJ's on a roll. It's it's fun for me to listen to, and I need to maybe chime in more sometimes. But um, the game itself it sounds really intriguing. Um, I, I do like being dropped in and not knowing what's going on. So I kind of am curious to, to see that at that point. So yeah, I'm going to... I've got a $30, 30% off Oculus coupon. Maybe I'll pick this one up or I'll buy it full price. I don't know. Um, Wookie, don't you leave me a bad review, all right? I'll um I'll ask for some I'll ask for some coupons actually guys if you can remind me uh, next week um, oh no pleasure uh, so yeah do remind me um, Wookie I'm looking at you no <laughs> negative reviews if you find it too frustrating okay I will uh, it's weird for me with reviews because a lot of games like if I can tell it's not something I'm into in five minutes I will drop it. And PJ will hear about it, and PJ will be just shut up. I don't care. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm more of like just play it for a half hour. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm also the kind of player that needs to be to to be convinced, and then usually yeah. I'm pretty flexible. Uh, but I tend to be very picky initially. Like, mm, no, this yeah. one I don't like the logo. Uh, <laughs> if if there's heart and soul into it. I will give it the best chance. Like if I can tell, like this is someone's passion project, I will give mm -hmm. it every every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. If it's like a quick cash grab, not digging like a goat simulator thing, but like let's just throw a game together and see if we can make money on it. If I if it smells like that at all, I'm going to be you know t you know five minute timers running. Um. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. In in the, the the indie space can bring us a lot of that passion. Fortunately, um, yeah, that's where things get really funky, and it's Sense. great. Yeah, sometimes the weirder the better. Sometimes I need a little more. Yeah, normal, although but... there's there's exceptions. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, all the Vader Immortal games. I think those were super sweet. And uh, although I would have loved for them to take in more risks. Like, yeah. give me way more spaceship scenes, like mm. a whole game like that, please. But yep. um, at least, um, you know. The uh, Star Wars universe thing is so underdone. I'm still mad about uh, 
what was the MMO? The the old Republic MMO, which I really thought yeah. was really good. And like, what was that? 2009 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And I have two of the Lego ships from it because those ship designs in that game are so cool. And you get to go in the interior and it's like your house. But it's like, I want to take off out of the spaceport and land myself. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just loading screens. And, yeah, that's okay. the thing. Yeah, I had the same uh, when I was playing the new uh, X-Wing game. Uh, what is it called? Star Wars Squadron in VR. Yeah. yeah. And I got pissed off because they wouldn't let me use the motion controllers, which really I hate them for that. (laughs) And the second thing is, but I totally understand them for that because I went through this pain. Um, They wouldn't let me touch any button. Like, uh, I'm happy I made my game, which is exactly the opposite. But I'm also happy they didn't have to go through the pain that I went through. Because uh, (laughs) as soon as you let people touch all the buttons, everything goes to hell. So good on them for not letting people do that. But imagine how cool it would be if you could really switch, uh, flip switches on on an X-Wing. Lock your S-foils and unlock them. Yeah, you would crash like (laughs) one millisecond after you start the the thing. But how (laughs) fun would that be? That's... That's my thing exactly. Like any game where there's like, you know, first person controls or driving, I'm going to be the one trying to land a helicopter like authentically and everyone else is just flying past in arcade mode or something. Um, then you're going to love a rogue escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get like, to do everything on your own. <laughs> I mentioned that Warplanes game earlier and I've been dying to play more of that too because it's, you know, you're in a cockpit of World War One plane, but it is like that. There's little for the voice chat. There's little toggle switches for like yeah. turning your mic off or team chat versus everybody in the room radio channel. And Anything just, that doesn't make you die, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like I'm so enthused. There's like a little like clipboard, you know, like they would have had with their checklist, like telling you how to use that airplane or drop a bomb or whatever. I'm sitting there flipping through that stuff. I look up like there's a building coming at my face. <laughs> ah, shit. And then I pull up. Then I'm sitting there flipping the radio switches. I'm like, can you hear me now? And stuff like that. And I look up and there's an airplane coming right at my face and I explode. I'm like, shit. I'm not, I'm not playing the game right. But and <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so that's Yeah, good. if you like exactly that kind of thing, then you're gonna have a blast. <laughs> I will pull the levers. I will I will open the lids. Yeah. All about that. I won't leave you a bad review. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be you told me not to leave a bad review, so here's my review. And then I'll be <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I will know it was you. <laughs> well, Andre, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, if you ever feel the need to come back or spin up another project, we'd love to chat again. But I, yeah, I really, really hope it's going to be for something new. Uh, yeah, I had a blast. It was super fun. Uh, I hope next time we can do it in VR again. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, you need yes. testers for when you get that co-op mech game going, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give you guys a shout also because I need friends with VR headsets. So yep. you're going to have to be <laughs> testing it with me. That's fine. PJ doesn't get motion sick. I can get a little tweaked so i will be your you'll be your 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 threshold for not getting sick i'll be your threshold for people so they can get tweaked right thank you so much guys thanks for your time and putting up with the initial technical difficulties and sticking through it oh that's all right uh you you had me on 
my official first VR chat ever. So that was short, but it was a lot of fun. Interesting. We shot the uh, t-shirt bazookas a couple times. Nice. I, I, I did. Yeah, I did shoot the bazooka. That was weird. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you again. Have a good weekend. Thanks for coming. And you guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. That was Andre. Um, I'm not going to butcher his last name again. If you want to hear that, you can go back to the beginning of the episode. <laughs> uh, from Spare Parts Oasis, talking about his game Rogue Escape on Oculus Quest, Rift, and Steam with cross-buy for the Oculus platform, which is awesome. It's uh, $19.99. If, if you don't get frustrated with things, it is. I enjoy it. It's got a lot of atmosphere. It's fun to figure things out. So I... I recommend it. But, but yeah, yeah. also, if you're listening to this and you're not into VR somehow, um, there's the PC version, not a crawl, and then it's also coming to mobile this month in a couple of weeks. So check that out if you, if you can't do VR. Which you should try it <laughs> if you can. Is there a big used market for like Oculus Quest ones, or are they just find? Or I, uh, I think there still is because there's the devs are still made to make sure their app or game works on both. They're not being oh. sold at all. They're not available, but there is a used market for them. Like I have one, and I would give it to anyone. Just give it to them if they would say, "Hey, I'll I'll pay something once a month." <laughs> <laughs> or if I met if I you know all of my f in real life friends live nowhere near me so we've been talking about location based games coming out like uh, Pirate Trainer coming out this month with the I, I don't have it in front of me so I forget the terminology but it's basically hide and seek shooting each other and it builds the map oh. around you in real life and I want to play that really bad. Thankfully, that sounds fantastic. They, so this was we talked about this. I was on, I guess, on the play. Te uh, Let's talk Oculus podcast, which will come out soon. We talked a little bit about it, but I was a day away from getting the beta key right before COVID hit, and then COVID became a thing. They're like, we don't want to have encourage people to be near each other, so they they didn't go ahead with it. But in the meantime, they have put a lot of work into it. There's now a co-op mode. There's an online mode. They added a lot of stuff, and I'm glad to see that because I don't have someone in real life I could go outside and play that game with, which was the initial mm -hmm. intention. So I'm super happy they did that. So That's very like cool. I, said, I, I would give my second headset away just to <laughs> check that stuff out. But thankfully, it'll be online too, so hopefully that works well. Yeah, I, I'm missing more and more. Maybe it's just the weirdness of the times. I'm missing more and more like a couch co-op. Mm -hmm. VR does a pretty good job. And you know, listeners can't see this. And if you didn't, you don't listen to the uh, to the roundtables and stuff. But like uh, we did the dev roundtable that you've set up um, last night. And I was just having issues. I've had uh, two weeks of just weird fun. so. 
I feel bad, but I was having issues getting in. And when I got in, I must have had the volume down on the headset from just putting on and on, on and off. You were talking and the other guys were talking. You were saying something to me. I couldn't hear you. I leaned in. Like I leaned closer, mm-hmm. like that was going to help more. <laughs> um, and it just, when those things happen, it's just like, it feels like you're closer to people. And it's, even some of the devs in the round, t- the first round table we did was the, you know, they're like, this is, this is cool to have a chat like this. And, you know, they, they don't get sleep or coffee <laughs> or, you know, personal connections because they're working all the time. Um, that like, it's so cool to just chat like this, you know? And, and so it's, it, it's even more like that's, it's a blessing in itself. If that's the right word to be able to have <laughs> something like that when you're remote like this, you know, we're a couple thousand miles away from each other. But then it makes me miss the couch gaming even more because like yeah <laughs> it's like damn it like how do you know they couldn't have done much better without you know like uh, uh sword art online or whatever matrix sticking something in the back of your head yeah but we still we really need to get that emu vr going so we can do that but yeah to your point last night when you say you leaned in like i noticed that and i'm like and i kind of like save that and then when i went to bed I was just thinking about that. I'm like, that was, it was just a unique moment. And it's weird that it still happens in VR and it's still like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not we haven't played. Wear off. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't hung out or played anything in a couple of weeks due to, you said you're going through fun stuff and I've been doing a lot of like outside things because I want to get things done before we get locked down again, if that happens. But <laughs> So we haven't hung out. So that was like, it actually felt even more real, even though we, we've done it many, many times. We do it every week in our booth. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing moment. And it's weird just to say little, that. <laughs> but those little sparks of like, you forget you're not really there. And I always go back to the thing when I thought the barrel was going to, you know, save yeah. me and an elven assassin. But it's like, that, that's still going to happen. You know, my, like, Mm-hmm. playing that war that warplanes game you know and you're just so in awe of that even if the awe part of the game wears off i'm still going to be doing stuff like you know flipping those switches and you know it, yeah. your brain well, it, it does a good job yeah and to the same point we were with the dev round table last night for anyone who hasn't been in our booth or the spatial ape app we have our own area and we do the podcast and stuff and it's there's a bright blue sky and I really need to, I've been, I've been writing stuff up, but I want them to put like a roof and make our booth darker. Cause we always do stuff at night. Cause we're the bad boys of the space. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I went to bed last night. We, we did that recording or we chatted for almost two hours and I went to bed and I think I slept funny, which I normally like, I can sleep through running, but I think it affected me because my body was like, it was just daytime. Yeah. Cause totally. I've been up since 3am today which is, I get up early normally, but I think that's what it was. So it's like, that's how crazy and atmospheric and surreal VR can be and affect you. Like, it's insane. Me and my girlfriend have been talking about a bunch of crazy stuff too, about, you know, consciousness and all that stuff. But it's like, the brain is so weird because you can throw it into a dream or VR or reality or sometimes when you feel a slight disconnect from reality and it's like, am I like you're really here like sometimes if you're <laughs> tired or you just haven't left the office too like for too long or you know you're staring at your screens and stuff like that but it's sort of like the brain does such a good job about just like 
adapting and whatever it's translating and doing. She's like, VR, like, I didn't sleep well last night either. I think we were, same thing happened. I wasn't quite in there as long as you were, but we ended at the same time. And I was like, I got up and I was just like, I did not get restful sleep. And I think that, <laughs> and you said that, that, like, that makes perfect sense. Why do I feel a little groggy? Yeah, because oh. I, when I was kind of like in that moment where you're kind of waking up, I, I think all I could see was the blue sky with those fucking clouds. <laughs> clouds like, God damn it. And the, the rolling hills. It's like calling me home. Like, what am I yeah. seeing? <laughs> so even if there was like a, <clears throat> a light switch that we could turn to like dim the sky, you know, and have oh. stars and cool stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But we, we have, there's all kinds of stuff planned. I just want to kind of let them know what's going on because I've had other people mention, like, wow, it's really bright in here. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> just, just imagine having a dimmer on the wall, the whole fucking, you know, environment. Well, like big just, screen like, does that. Calm down. Yeah. It's really neat. So, yeah, just to demonstrate to, again, anyone listening, it may not be in VR and listening to a VR podcast, like, shout out and let me know on Twitter. Like, I'm interested. <laughs> but, mm. yeah. <clears throat> You mean anyway, from the, last... the audience, or? Oh, yeah. sorry. I, you brought up the 30% off coupon, and I keep hearing people say these things. I've only ever received one of those. and I, I get them all the time. So why am I not getting them, I wonder? And I've, had, I've heard a couple other people like say, what is that? I've never gotten that. So that's it's interesting. It's probably because I was like, fuck you, Facebook, and I haven't bought a game on the store without a serious like you know discount or the freebie mm -hmm. i buy them on steam if i can and they're probably like trying to entice the sales the whole thing like you know amazon back in the day if you'd leave something in your cart for a week yeah. you'd get like a coupon for it they want that sale so they're getting your money already <laughs> they want my money and i'm kind of like prove that it's for the good of humanity and for the furthering of VR for VR's sake and not for taking pictures in my living room and see how messy it is with my cup on the counter. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get those like, uh, it's probably my fifth or sixth one in recent memory. Wow. I think I've gotten one ever. If it, if it wasn't account based, <laughs> I'd be like shooting them out of those t-shirt guns. Like here's 30% off coupon on me. Um, yeah, and I found a whole like Reddit thread on the same thing, so it must just be like a use case thing. Bastards. Looks like yeah, it's <laughs> people using you know AI. But to... on the same hand, like I own a lot of fucking games, so right. give me a break, <laughs> right? That's the that's the other yeah. That's where I don't like it's a little bit of abuse because they're like, this is going back to a friend of ours, PJ and I is in real life for who's still listening to us, but. uh and this is back, I remember watching Neon Genesis Evangelion in their apartment, and they spent so much money at Blockbuster renting movies and games, and they had so many late fees because they just kept them and played them instead of just, you know, going to check them out, that <laughs> they gave them the, the free gold membership where there's no longer late fees, because they were giving them like hundreds of dollars a month, I think, in late fees. And it was nice for their local blockbuster to be like, you guys have done enough. Here's you no know, more late fees for you guys. And it's like, that's a, a token of appreciation because they've, they, for the amount of money they probably spent on late fees. And if blockbuster was still around, you know, and there wasn't that one, you know, one left, 
<laughs> they would probably like for that amount of money, they'd still be you know renting movies if they just legitimately use that money to rent movies. Like, there's so much going on. Why don't people like you who play like every game that comes out? Um, why don't they give you like a thank you coupon? Yeah. People like me, they need to be like, you need to prove that you're going to be a good store user before we give you a freebie. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah. It's using AI and machine learning and behavioral tracking to coax a little more out of people. <laughs> Not, no, and nothing else comes of that. So. So I'm just going to like every day, just like look at a game, put that code and try to apply it and say, you can't use this and then not buying anything. Maybe that'll <laughs> give them but which hint. code. Cause you, like the code that wasn't it like explore 30 or something like that. It's the oh same yeah. Code. I think I've gotten those too. Is it? Yeah. So I just, I'm going to just go to the store once a day, put it in, try and buy a game with it, say, Oh, it's not going to work. And then I just delete it out of my cart. Maybe they'll get the hint. <laughs> yeah. I'm more concerned for other people because I've heard a lot of people say that and I was just curious. But... All right, everyone. I'm... Yeah, <laughs> we could go on and on for that one. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there, listeners. Yeah. But yeah, give uh, Rogue Escape a try. I, I dig it. Get Andre some feedback. Um, give them some good reviews if you're, you know, honest reviews are the best reviews no matter what. But for this episode, episode 85, I am PJ. I'm Wookie. And this was our VR Verdict. <laughs>